the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. We would invite you to join us for the next hour at 888-FORKFAX. That's 888-367-5329. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We're the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. And we're live, live in the next hour with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. My name is Gary Bell, and we're inviting you to call in with your questions, comments, and your concerns. Our toll-free number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 so don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call tonight. We want to hear from you. Again, that number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. Well, in the midst of this extremely congested social media landscape of Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, and the like, I have to wonder if you have ever heard the expression, Reader's Digest Condensation. Well, well, for those of you who may or may not be aware, Reader's Digest is a monthly magazine with probably the largest circulation of any magazine in the world. It was first published in 1922, and it's known for taking articles of interest from other magazines, condensing them and cutting them down to give you the gist of what the articles are saying. So tonight... We bring you part eight in our new series, A Reader's Digest Condensation Contrast of the Book of Ephesians, chapters one through six. And in this condensation and contrast, you will learn how to strengthen your Christian walk while understanding more about the enemy of our souls and how to defeat him. Excuse me, for we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that wonderful, challenging introduction uh, and letting God always use you in a mighty way. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I am your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know that you're going to be blessed by our program tonight. We have been talking about uh, contrast and conflict throughout the book of Ephesians. And what a contrast and what a conflict. And we trust that uh, you have been truly blessed by this series. uh, And it has uh, really convicted you uh, to get into this book and get this book into you. Matter of fact, get the entire Bible into you and you get into the Bible. And we 
I uh, want to encourage you to get to a table and get a pen and paper and your Bible above everything else and just make sure that you're taking good notes uh, when you get uh, blessed by the Word of God tonight. And so we uh, want to uh, do a contrast uh, tonight dealing with the book of Ephesians chapter 6. And uh, when we look at Ephesians chapter 6, it is such a powerful chapter on spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. And I want to uh, talk to you tonight about <clears throat> the contrast uh, between uh, the power of God and the power of Satan. The power of God and the power of Satan. Uh, and the Apostle Paul, uh, in this chapter, he gives us a contrast between the power of God and the power of Satan. And he does this throughout the book of Ephesians, if you've been following along with us. And I would like for you and encourage you to look with me in the book of Ephesians at Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. And it says there, the Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, which empowered him to talk about the power of God. He says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power. There's the word. And in the power of his might. The Apostle Paul is writing under the conviction of the Holy Spirit to talk about the power of God. And he not only talks about the power of God, but he also talks about the power of Satan. And that's why it's so important for us to have on the full armor of God. So when you he contrasts this over to Ephesians 6 and verse 12, it says there, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers. There's the word, powers. That's with a plural, with a S at the end. With God, it's talking about uh, singular power. And then with the demoniac, it talks about plural powers because he's listing principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, and spiritual wickedness in heavenly places. Now, what a contrast. Now, my friend, if you don't know and have experienced the power of God and don't know the power of God, you will become a doomed casualty against the enemy because he will get you, the devil, the flesh will get you, and the world will get you. Now, I want to make this clear to you in talking about this power of God. Now, when he says, be strong, let's go back to verse 10 again. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. Now, 
when he says be strong in the Lord, that's our part. This is a two-way street here with this verse of scripture. Be strong in the Lord. He's challenging the brethren. The brethren in this verse refers to all Christians who have been born again, the body of Christ in that day and in our day. He says, finally, my brethren, notice that, be strong in the Lord. That's our part. And I want to lay out these two A's in relationship to being strong in the Lord. The first A is appropriation. You have to appropriate the power of God against the devil's power, against the demon's power. And if you don't appropriate it, the enemy will get you and overpower you. You will become powerless. Now, appropriation, that's the first A. And then the second A is application. You got to get into the appropriation of God's power. And then you got to also get into the application of God's power. You need the appropriation and the application of God's power in your life on a daily basis. Now, if you are involved and you are committed to the chief commanding officer, who is Jesus, and you are paying attention to being strong in the Lord with appropriation, the first A, second A, application. And then when you look at the latter part of this verse, and in the power of his might. That means this is the third A, that's activation. So if you want to experience the power of God daily in your life, you have to be committed to appropriation, application, then God brings the activation. That's what's so important here because you are against every day with the pressures of life, with the attacks of life, in your home, in your life, in your marriage, in your community, with the powers that be in the governmental. You are dealing with powers that are attacking us every day of our lives. And you've got to get equipped or you will get whipped by the enemy. That's a plus. That's what will happen in your life. Now, he's talking about here conflicting, contrasting powers. The big issue is what power are you involved with? What power are you committed to? Because if you are not committed to the power of God, you will be automatically committed to the power of Satan. Some people say, well, I'm just not, I'm neutral. I don't, I'm not a Christian and I'm not an unbeliever. Well, you still got the power of Satan controlling you because if you haven't surrendered to his power, you're not involved with the appropriation application, then you don't have the activation in your life. And that's so important for all of us to understand. Because my friend, the reason why you need this power of God, the reason why you need the appropriation, application and activation is because it says in verse 13, when it follows behind verse 12, 
it says the evil day having the evil day having done all to stand so it says here that we need to put on the whole arm of god that you may be able to withstand in the evil day having done all to stand so the evil day is coming some of you are experiencing right now and if you're ignorant and if you are not putting on the armor of God, the first thing you do when you get up in the morning, you will become a doomed casualty. You will get duped and manipulated and controlled and sometimes destroyed by the power of Satan. The power of Satan is no joke. We need to understand the power of Satan. Satan is mighty, but God is almighty. All power is in God's hand. And Satan has power too. And he uses the power through demons to attack us every day of our lives. And the big issue is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do in the midst of these attacks by the enemy? Because he's coming. He's coming to attack your life. He's coming. These powers are coming to attack your personal life. These powers of the demoniac is coming to attack your marriage. There's more divorces among Christians than non-Christians. What's happening? The power of Satan is reaping havoc in people's marriages. Look at all the addiction that's going on around us. Drug addiction, alcoholic addiction, pornography, gambling addictions. This is the power of Satan that's controlling people's lives controlling their homes, where Jesus is not the center of their homes, controlling a lot of a lot of marriages, controlling a lot of churches that are not following the, the Holy Spirit work in the church. Therefore, the churches are powerless. They have no power to fight against Satan because you cannot fight against Satan with liberalism. You can't fight against Satan with postmodernism. You can't fight against Satan with uh, being cultic and into occultism. You can't fight against Satan with New Ageism. You can't fight against the powers of Satan with all of these things attacking your lives and your churches and your community. And the government today is controlled by the powers of Satan. It's all over the place. And we see the way the powers of Satan is attacking our schools, attacking our children, attacking them, trying to make them other than what God has made them and designed them to be. The power of Satan is at work to try to overtake us with the evil day. The, the evil day is upon us in every way, attacking us and attacking us to kill, still and to to destroy and our job is to get involved with let me say this in closing we need to repent right now and ask God to forgive us for being powerless we need to ask God to forgive us for not being involved with appropriation and ap application so the activation can take control of our lives in order to overcome the, the enemy, we need to be empowered like the early church. It says in Acts 17 and 6 that 
the early church turned the world upside down. Why did they do it? Because they had the power of God. They had the exousia, which is the authority of God. John, 1, John chapter 1 and 12. They had the dunamis, Acts 1 and 8. And they were able to turn their community and their world upside down for Christ. And my challenge to you tonight is you need to do what Dwight Lyman Moody said in this, in this book, Secret Powers. He said, many people are praying for God to fill them when they're already filled with something else. There has to be an emptying before there can be a filling. God, right now, we ask you to forgive those who are hearing this message who are powerless. We ask right now that you would help them to confess their sins, repent of their sins, and ask for the power of God that you may not only take resident, but you'll become president of their lives and empower them with the ecstasy and the dunamis to turn this world upside for Christ and get into the power of God over the power of Satan. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches regarding the power of God. Brother Gary. All right, well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 So don't be shy. Pick up that phone. Give us a call. We want to hear from you tonight. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Electric Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell once again. Our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you tonight. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. That's one 367 5329 So don't be shy. Pick the phone up. Give us a call. We want to hear from you. If you have questions or comments, if you need prayer, we're here to pray with you. We always say prayer should be your first response, not your last resort. Be quick to pray. So give us a call. That number is 1-888-F-O-R-K-F-A-X. And uh, just a couple of quick announcements. We'll be out of the studio next Saturday, so it won't be a live broadcast. uh, But we'll bring you the best of contending for the faith. You'll still be able to listen, take notes, and all that good stuff, but just won't be able to call in. We'll be back in studio August the 5th. So we just want to... have you uh, make a note of that Uh, still tune in and get blessed by the best of contending for the faith and uh, we're always talking about prayer you know prayer is so vital to the life of every believer Uh, it's a non-negotiable we all need to be praying we all need to have uh, time intimacy with God and that's how we do it is through prayer so we want to encourage you uh, Always be quick to pray. Always be prayer. Pray without ceasing, as Paul says. And we know many of you have been praying for contending for the faith. And we just take a moment out of our broadcast always to thank you for your prayers. Thank you for taking that time and being consistent in prayer over 
what we're doing here and partnering with us in this area is so vital. We thank you so much. The other area is this is a listener-supported ministry, and we thank all of you who over the many, many years have uh, been so generous to support Contending for the Faith. We thank you so much. And we also uh, just take the time out to remind you that we need both consistent prayers and we need consistent giving. Right now we're down $110. We need that by next week. And it's I know there's somebody out there with that and God can put it on your heart and, and tidy that up tonight. You know, There's two ways you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith. Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. We know that somebody can make a pledge tonight for that $110 and will be in the black. So we just encourage you to be consistent in prayer and be consistent in giving. All right, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to go to the phone lines? Yes, and just want to make uh, one other note that uh, you bring out a good point about uh, somebody uh, acting on faith tonight and making sure that we take care of this 110. And somebody out there listening tonight may want to go beyond that. So allow the power of God to move in your heart right now and just convict you to say, I love contending for the faith, and we want to make sure that we are uh, ahead of anything that's trying to put us behind and what we need to do financially. And we know that there are so many people out there that love this program and that they go beyond the call of duty. And so we want to thank you for that, as Brother Gary said, and uh, we praise God for that. All right, well, let's get to uh, the... uh, Phone lines. Who do we have first? Well, we had Jermaine, but he dropped off, so we're going to go to Sister Sophia. Okay. Why don't Sophia? we go to Alfred? We'll come back to. Uh, we'll come back to Alfred's question. Yeah. Yeah. Let's. We'll come to. Let's go to Alfred first, and then we'll go to Sophia. All right. Okay. So thank brother, you. His question was: uh, Can one per- can one person have more than one gift of the Holy Spirit? Yes, uh, that's a good question, and uh, it's a a really uh, important question that a lot of people ask. That's why uh, I want to tap into this uh, uh, first, because it's a biblical question, and it's uh, a lot of people need to be encouraged uh, when it comes to spiritual gifts. Uh, we uh, want to encourage Alfred and others to uh, look at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and especially 12 but you can go through 1 Corinthians 12 uh, through 14 and then Romans chapter 12 uh, 1 Peter 4 10 through 11 and uh, when we look at those passages of the scripture uh, we learn a lot because in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 it talks about uh, gifts, and it's it's not just talking about uh, gift, just singular, but it talks about gifts, and uh, and that means that Paul is talking to uh, the church of Corinth about uh, 
diversity of gifts. And there were some people that had uh, one gift, and then there was others that had two or three or more. And Paul, you know, he had the gift of uh, teaching and and the gift of uh, preaching. He had the gift of discernment. Uh, he had uh, the gift of serving. And, you know, and so he had all of these different gifts of the Holy Spirit. And yet uh, what Paul experienced and what the early church experienced, we uh, can uh, experience that as well because uh, the gifts has not changed. Gifts are still operative in the church and that's what it talks about in uh, 1 Corinthians 13 uh, that uh, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance so uh, that's important for us to understand and it's important for us to exercise these gifts because in the body of Christ you have like uh, three types of people you have those who watch things happen it's like they have a PhD in watchology. They have a bachelor's degree in observology. And they have an AA in uh, lookology. And yet God is saying, wait a minute now, that's not what I gave you a gift for. It's just to come to church and watch others exercise their gifts. And then there are those, the second group, you have those who don't care if anything happens. You know, you can preach uh, until purgatory freezes over because we don't believe in it. It's just an expression. But they just won't do nothing. They think that they have a pew-sitting gift. There's no such thing as a pew-sitting gift. And then there's the, the third group, those who exercise the gifts. And uh, I have several gifts myself. I have the gift of teaching. I have the gift of discernment. And I, God has given me uh, many gifts. And so that's just a few, but I have many different gifts that God has uh, given me uh, to uh, exercise uh, in the body of Christ. And I thank him for that. So uh, that's a good question, Brother Alfred. And we trust that uh, the Lord uh, has... Uh, giving you an encouraging word through that and Gary you want to add anything to that um, you know and that's also you know the gifts have nothing to do with spiritual maturity as we found out in the book of Corinthians they've had all the gifts but they had no maturity so it's really important that as we as we seek to have these gifts though we need to be discipled we need to be under proper teaching, we need to be in a healthy, well-balanced church as well. So I just want to add that. Mm -hmm. We have Brother Jermaine is back on the line, so if we want to get to him, we can. Yes, let's let's do that. Uh, Brother Jermaine, are you there? Oh yes, I'm here. Well, congratulations on that miracle child from God, and we just. Thank the Lord for hearing our prayers, and we trust that the baby is doing well, and your wife as well. Yeah, so far, so good. Just uh, appreciate you very much for the prayers. It was definitely, you know, it was, a, it was a very exciting experience and very intense, but, you know, God came through when, uh, again, we we needed a miracle, and he pulled one out for us. Well, yeah. We... 
we appreciate you uh, letting us know and the people in the Bay Area to pray for you. And, and that's always a good thing. The more prayers you have behind you, the better. So we appreciate that. Uh, Gary, we have enough time to get his question and uh, maybe come back after the commercial. We have five minutes. We got time. Okay. Well, let's let's get into your uh, question. What's on your heart tonight? Well, my question centers around the uh, recent, you know, so-called controversy with the movie The Sounds of Freedom. And mm-hmm. I haven't seen the movie itself, but I am I'm very familiar with the story and with the, the person it was based off of. I actually saw him a couple of years ago and I uh, was familiar with his organization and some of these stories of, of uh, just child trafficking for the purposes of, of, of uh, sexual prostitution is just disgusting to most human beings. And I, I'm just curious about the point at which your faith comes into play when you want to go on the offensive and basically be, you know, violent, not violent for violence sake, but we're it may indeed be required if you have to rescue some children from some heinous acts from grown armed men who would absolutely end your life. You know, some people I've talked to, they seem to have this opinion that maybe as a, as a believer, we should be Christ-like, but they seem to always think that means passive. And I just don't find that in my Bible. There are times where it seems like you absolutely have no other choice where violence is just a part of what you may have to do. And I think a lot of people would love to hear your breakdown on that. Um, what's the proper response for something like that? And I'm not talking about revenge, just, and of course the flesh side of us, you know, doesn't think twice about that kind of stuff. Cause in our hearts, at least in mine, I, part of me would think like, Hey, they deserve it. Not that I would go with that thought. I would still pray before I committed any uh, actions or whatnot. But I just wanted to hear your thoughts on, violence and the believer when it is and isn't appropriate wow that's a very good question uh jermaine uh because it's uh an apologetic question and it it warrants an answer uh regarding this because the bible tells us in first peter 3 and 15 be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks of you a reason of hope to send you with meekness and fear so uh your question is an important question because we never know when we're gonna be put in a position like that, even with self-defense in our own uh, home, you know, and we can't be somebody breaking our home. We can't just sit back and just uh, pray. You gotta uh, pray and have something uh, with the prayer to defend yourself against uh, the enemy. Uh, And so, let me say something about the movie first. The Sounds of Freedom movie is a <clears throat> tremendous movie. And I really recommend uh, everyone out there to go, this Christian, go see it. Uh, it's moving, it's touching, and yet it uh, arouses things in your heart like what Jermaine has, and uh, it needs to be answered. And I think churches need to address the type of questions that you're asking, Jermaine. So. Uh, you know, movies like this arouses awareness about the very uh, real evil of a sex trafficking. And when we look at this from an Old Testament standpoint, uh, it shows that the godly people uh, stood up against violence in their day. In an example, 
uh, you remember the story about Abraham when he rescued Lot in Genesis 14? And it was true when David uh, killed Goliath uh, in 1 Samuel 17. Uh, and this, and you're talking about violence for uh, truth's sake and violence against evil. I mean, one of the most depicting books on this was the, the book of Joshua. So, you know, a lot of people say, boy, God seems to be a God of violence. No, God is a God of justice. And uh, when injustice is, is happening, God comes in and brings about justice. And so when you look at the study of Joshua, uh, when he carried out the death penalty of Achan in Joshua 7, uh, and, and Israel participated in multiple wars for justice sake. And we gotta be that way today, uh, just like this movie. And this still is true in the New Testament. Godly people participated in the military and we're talking about, you know, you're dealing with the police today. Uh, New Testament teaches that we live in a, uh, you know, world of evil and the government is there to uh, deal with this. And uh, Jesus encouraged us, you know, that, you know, uh, he that live by the sword will perish by it, but that's somebody that is being aggressive on somebody for no, for no justifiable reason. But if you live by the sword, you'll perish by it, Jesus said. So Jesus was teaching defense there and he also said on one occasion in the book of Luke that he said he that doesn't have a sword sell his cloak and buy one why, why did he say that because Jesus even encouraged defense people said you mean Jesus did yeah he said sell your cloak and buy a sword buy a sword for what just to go cut uh, you know corn and stuff like that no for defense he didn't have to do it because he had a purpose and what he was doing. He came to die, suffer and die. But when when Peter flipped off that high priest's ear, you know, he, he was doing it out of the will of God and he had no justifiable reason to do it. Jesus didn't need no defense. But anyway, hopefully that helps out. I know we almost had a uh, commercial break. Does that help you? I give you some good Old Testament stuff and that fits into your question. Yeah, I think that was perfect, Dr. Booker. I think it's funny how the people who are pro-abortion don't think twice about doing violence to, to unborn children, but yeah, this movie is going too far, so I, I just think it's hypocritical, so. But thank oh, you. yeah, yeah, same thing with, uh, you know, Scott Peterson, when uh, they threw a fit when his uh, wife and baby got uh, killed, but yet uh, they just do the opposite in killing uh, babies all the time and you can't cry on one end and then say it's okay on another so you're right on target thank you for your your call brother and your question brother gary god bless you jermaine all right well it's time for us to take a commercial break we'll be right back the phone lines are open give us a call at number is one eight 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 m o r j x x one triple eight three six seven five three two nine we'll be right back with
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the bay. If you have questions about your faith in Christ, theology, doctrine, or the cults, call us now, 888-FOR-KFAX. That's 888-367-5329. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. Once again, our phone lines are open. We want to hear from you. That number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. That's one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. So don't be shy. Pick up that phone and give us a call. Once again, that number is one eight 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 F O R K F A X. And uh, we just want to remind you that next week we will not be in the studio live, but we will have the the uh, best of contending for the faith, uh, the pre-recorded uh, episode, and so we want to encourage you to listen in. You won't be able to call in, but you will be able to listen and take notes just as usual. And we'll be back in the studio August the fifth. So make a note of that. Uh, again, next Saturday we will not be live, but we will be bringing you the best of contending for the faith, and we'll be back in the studio August the fifth. And again, we'd just like to thank all of you who have been praying for our ministry. We thank all of you who have stepped up to the plate and partnered with us financially to support the ministry. Both areas are vital to keeping this show on the air. And so we just encourage you, be consistent in prayer, be consistent in giving. As we mentioned earlier, we're trying to retire a debt of $110.00. And uh, we just want to encourage you, somebody could easily step up and take care of that right now. Just go to the website, contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, and click on the donate button. It's that simple. And maybe God has blessed you and you can give more than $110. Maybe God has blessed you and put it on your heart to be uh, give $110 a month as a, as a, as a routine, Whatever God, however God leads you. We just want to encourage you to continue to pray and continue to support us financially. You can also address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. But as I said earlier, it's easier. Just go online to contendingfaith.org, click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing for time and eternity. All right, Dr. Buckner, time. So I go back to the callers. Let's do that, Brother Gary. All right, Sister Sophia has been so patient. Are you there, Sophia? Yes, I am. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. I want to say congratulations to Jermaine, and it's wonderful. And I tell you, that was a very riveting question he had, and your answer was phenomenal. So a very important question. Now, my question is an odd one. I don't know if it's a cult thing. I don't know if it's in the Bible. I never heard of it, but could you tell me what the Apostles' Creed is? Yes, I can. Uh, that's a very good question as well. Um, the uh, Apostle Creed is was something that was developed around the fifth century, uh, originated around that time, and a bunch of uh, biblical scholars uh, got together and put it together around the fifth century. Um, stating uh, what the apostles taught uh, uh, not only regarding uh, the symbol of faith and the 
conviction of faith, but also uh, they taught it standing up against uh, heresy. Because what happened in 325 AD, a guy by the name of Arius of Alexandria uh, was a heretic. He was a bishop, though, but he became a heretic. And he literally uh, started attacking the deity of Christ. Many of us believe that uh, who are in the field of apologetics uh, and study uh, Christian theology uh, through history as well, uh, believe that uh, Arius uh, Alexander, he became the father of the Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, he was actually uh, influenced the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, before Charles Taze Russell, who's the founder of the Jehovah's Witnesses. And so uh, Arius Alexander, he literally attacked the deity of Christ and said that Jesus was not God in human form. And wow. so uh, the early church, uh, the church during that time, uh, you know, in the third century, uh, stood up against Arius and they uh, excommunicated him uh, out of the church. And one of the leaders in the third century was St. Nicholas, you know, later became known as uh, Santa Claus. They tried to identify him as Santa Claus. One thing that's interesting about uh, St. Nicholas is that he was together with them, with the Council of Nicosia, and he rebuked uh, Arius Alexander as well. And he got so upset, tradition tells us that he ended up slapping Arius Alexander up, upside the head <laughs> because of his heresy, heretical teaching. Uh, now, one thing that uh, we need to understand is that when they put this Apostle Creed together, it was not only some, uh, symbolizing our faith, but it's stood up and brought out a basic uh, support and teaching around the Trinity uh, and the deity of Christ, uh, God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So they really uh, emphasize the Trinity in talking about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, and giving a basic definition of that uh, to within this creed. And so uh, at the core of the Apostle Creed is the profession of faith in God, his teaching, and it includes the article about each of the three persons of the Holy Trinity. Uh, that's basically what you get in the Apostles' Creed uh, in a nutshell. And um, so that's why I spend a lot of time today when I go to churches and I wrote a book on the essentials of the historic Christian faith and the Trinity. Uh, I go to churches and do discipleship teaching on the Trinity and the essentials of the historic Christian faith. Because when I go into churches, most uh, churches don't know it. And even when I've discipled many pastors, uh, they haven't been discipled because uh, in the Trinity and the essentials because whoever taught them didn't teach them that and it goes on and on and on so i'm big on uh things related to the apostle creed especially the trinity 
and the essentials of the historic Christian faith. When I talk about essentials, I'm talking about the fact that Jesus is the only way. We're talking about the Trinity, the deity of Christ. We're talking about the vicarious atonement, the bodily resurrection. That it, that those are the essentials of the historic Christian faith. And we can't compromise, confuse, and contradict that. Uh, St. Augustine said this so eloquently. He says, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and all things, charity. So we got to make sure there's unity in the essentials, and we can't do the three C's, compromise, confuse, or contradict at all. And that's what uh, Arius Alexander did, and they excommunicated him out, but he's considered the father of the uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and they today deny the Trinity, and most all, all the cults do. That's one thing that they have agreement on. They deny the Trinity, the deity. They, they deny all of the essentials that I just stated. And it's really important that we disciple people in this area uh, so that they will not be deceived by the cult. So hopefully that helps. I, I went a little bit deeper with this, but hopefully that's giving you some insight. That was fabulous. That was a complete comprehensive teaching. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And God bless you both. God bless you as well. Thank you always for your call and your good questions. God bless. All right. right. Wasn't there also a Nicene Creed that addressed the issue that they had the heresy that Jesus was created and uh, was was, uh, a created being another Jehovah Witness. Kind of. Yes, absolutely, because the Apostles' Creed covered the three, uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but the Nicene Creed, it focused more upon uh, Jesus being God, because that's where Arius Alexander uh, mm-hmm. denied Jesus being God, so they focused on Jesus being the Creator and God in human form, because mm-hmm. Arius was saying that no, he wasn't. So you're absolutely right on that. Mm-hmm. You see, the Nicene it talks about he was begotten and not made. You know, they make that distinction in there that Jesus was God, always God, not made, not a created being. That's right. So true. All right. So we have Brother Rick waiting. Brother Rick, how are you Good doing? Evening. How are you? I'm blessed about yourself. You know what? We are truly blessed and uh, highly favored in the Lord. And we always appreciate uh, your call as well as your questions as well. And uh, what's, uh, thank you for your patience. And what's what's on your heart tonight? We've got a very interesting question mm-hmm. it's about John the Baptist. Is he considered an Old Testament prophet or a New Testament prophet? And what biblical evidence do we have? That's a very good question, uh, Brother Rick. And um, the answer is basically is that he is an Old Testament prophet. He was the last of the Old Testament prophets. And why do I say that? I think uh, we have to look at the greatest authority on this, and that was none other than Jesus Christ. He's the greatest authority that spoke on this subject matter. And when we look at what he had to say, uh, I believe that we get uh, good insight and great truth around it. 
So uh, if we look in our Bibles at um, Luke chapter 16 and verse 16, Luke chapter 16 and verse 16, Jesus said, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man uh, presses into it. So what Jesus is saying here is that uh, wrapped up into the law and the prophets, they all existed uh, until uh, the time of John, John the Baptist. But after John the Baptist, and he says, Jesus says, since that time, the kingdom of God is preached. Well, it, it is preached uh, different from uh, what John did in the sense that, uh, you know, they were under the prophets and that uh, message to Israel. And even though Jesus preached to Israel too, uh, he, he expanded it. But he's letting us know the law and the prophets. We're not under the law anymore. Uh, but he says the law and the prophets were until John. So Jesus is letting us know. And then another good scripture on this would be John 3 and 29. Uh, that, that you want to compare that as well uh, where Jesus is talking about uh, the, the friend of the bridegroom and generally the friend of the bridegroom he's referring to John and that's someone that's outside uh, looking in so uh, uh, rather because the friend of the bridegroom was an old ancient expression of someone outside looking in John was outside with the, the law and the prophets looking into what Jesus is going to do and that's why he has said uh, that uh, I must decrease and he must increase. And so everything that I was, uh, Jesus is going to increase and I'm going to decrease. I'm going to fade out because I was the last of the uh, uh, law and the prophets. I was the last of that. So that's, those two scriptures is good because a lot of times you hear people say, my brother Rick, they'll say, uh, you know, they'll ask the question like you asked. They'll say, well, he was an Old Testament, uh, last of Old Testament prophet. But they don't give any scripture to back it up. Because it's important for us to know what we believe and know why and be able to back it up with scripture. And the same way with our beliefs in God and everything else, we got to back it up with scripture. So hopefully that, that helps out. I can go deeper with this, but I wanted to give you the scripture on what Jesus said. And hopefully that is giving you some I'm here. Yeah. So did you hear what I said? I did hear what you said. Okay. Hopefully that gives you some insight. Very, very good insight. And it's a very clear transition from going from the law to grace. Have any uh, prayer requests before we? I think Rick is our last caller. I'm going to get some good news. <laughs> and, uh, I, I, went to, I got the apartment, and I'm going to be uh, moving this uh, coming month. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited about it. And I just want to give all glory to the Lord. Amen. Amen. So we have Brother Gary to pray around that and bring us home. 
Well, we had one more caller. Oh, we did? Who do we have? Uh, Megan, how do you, she has a question, how do we respond when people say, oh, you're so lucky? Oh, okay. Well, let's pray for Rick and then we'll try to squeeze that in real quick. It's eight o'clock. I don't think we're going to have time, though. Well, just that. remember uh, that the word Bible, you always use the word blessed. You don't find the word lucky in there anyway. So that's pretty easily answered. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. Lord, we just ask your blessing be upon Brother Rick tonight and all that he needs to do. And we just rejoice that he's getting the apartment. But uh, please keep us in your prayers until next time. We once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Bucker, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for faith. I want to thank our engineer, Colin, and you, our listening audience. Until next time, may God richly bless you. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.